0: Right now, that time eight seventeen. You're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, and today we'll be talking with the Murfreesboro City Schools. And in studio with us this morning, we have Tori Carr, also Carrie Chestnut, and Leah Barch. And we'll be talking about, I guess, the well. We're towards the end of the farm to school month. So I guess tell us a little bit about what exactly is farm to school month.
1: Yes, thank you. We are so excited to be here today. Um, We have our one of our farmer educators, Carrie, as well as Leah Barch, who is over science for Murfreesboro City Schools. And um, something. I think that makes Murfreesboro City Schools pretty unique is that we have a fantastic farm to school program and October is a busy month um, and we celebrated farm to school month and so we have several farmers uh, within our district and they go into classrooms and work with teachers and students and just really show them where where the food's coming from Um, some of the food that they produce end up in our cafeterias, and they have a wide variety of food that they make or that they grow and produce, and it's pretty fantastic. Um, I will let Farmer Kerry talk mostly about how that process works because I should not be telling you where our food comes (laughs) from.
0: (laughs) So I, I didn't realize that some of the stuff that's grown locally is actually used within our city school system
2: yeah well it's it's a program that's set up within the school system and so we all have uh, school gardens and all except one school in murfreesboro city schools and we start everything from seed that we grow under light so the kids can see (coughs) the process from seeding to harvest um and so a lot of times the kids can be involved in planting directly and watching it grow or catching it you know at the end of the cycle when we came back in august september they were seeing all of our summer produce growing like tomatoes peppers eggplants being able to pick them and eat them right in the garden. Um, and it makes, uh, it real for them to see it. And then kids who think that they hate a certain type of food, then they, they love it once they try it in the garden.
0: So at these different schools that have, I guess, like vegetable gardens and maybe even some fruits growing as well, what are, the main things that they grow and is it the same at each school
2: Um, we do try to standardize it across uh, the district Um, it depends on the space that we have we generally have like four to eight garden beds at each school um, of various sizes but um, we do all through the year so we don't take a time off because of the way that the school year is so but we do also manage the gardens during the summer so when they come back They come into full, you know, what what you think of when you think of uh, garden season in Middle Tennessee. So tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, um, carrots, lettuce, spinach, kale. (laughs) I mean, everything that you can grow, we we tried cabbage. Right now, our gardens are full of cabbage and collard greens and lettuce. And um, we just pulled all of our sweet potatoes before the frost so they and the kids got to dig those up they get to see what it's like to pull a potato from the ground and what i see across the board is overwhelming joy and excitement and engagement and then we're able to turn to turn that and tie it into our science standards that are being taught in the curriculum so for example i had a fifth grade class get a lot of leaves for me for compost and we talked about decomposition that's one of their standards that they discuss in fourth and fifth grade and so it makes what they're learning in the classroom real and it's always followed by this is so fun this is my best day or something like that so
0: again Carrie chestnut and you're part of the farm to school program within the Murfreesboro city schools so are the kids even
2: tilling the garden i mean how how far do they go with their involvement <laughs> that's a great question um the farmers so the, it's all ladies which i think is also very cool that we all get to run the program as women Um, but we do all of the muscle work as far as getting the we buy all of our garden soil mix from Martin's uh, farm and garden here in in Murfreesboro and then we put build the beds fill the beds and control the soil health but we also discuss that a lot with the kids and so they get to add compost um, mulch and dig in the beds but we we uh do the muscle work for them
0: so are they also learning about the uh the, i guess the predators of the garden yes like, like absolutely. deer and stuff coming in
2: absolutely we have a groundhog at reeves rogers elementary and that's always a challenge and so um we have an engineering project there this week actually with that they are beginning to build um uh, protection for a garden bed that they planted in September that's full of spinach now. And so they will be protecting that from the groundhog. It's real-world application, um, but also just it, it extends through all of the disciplines through, through the curriculum. And, and again, this is at pretty much every Murfreesboro
0: City School and. You said raised beds, but are there also, I, I guess, regular height in-ground beds as well?
2: No in-ground. We we only have raised beds, but we do um, inside of the schools actually have 23, I believe, aeroponic grow towers um, that it's uh, so the ch- children can see food being grown without soil inside. So it's a very 21st century move. Um, because, and I think that across the board, we get to show kids that no matter what kind of space you have, you can grow in that space. So we even utilize pots sometimes for kids to kind of conceptualize growing on a balcony. Um, and that anyone can have the the experience of, of growing their own food.
0: And again, also with us, Leah Barch, and you are on the, I guess, the science side of all of this. So how do you tie everything together?
3: I remember when I first realized that our farmers were, like, real scientists. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, the perfect opportunity for our students to see the science that we're talking about in the classroom and to be able to see that it's real. It's not just something that we talk about in school. This is, like, really how things work in the world. And, like, you can be empowered to grow your own food or just even, like, seeing some of this mystery mysterious adventure of the seed like to know what comes from a seed and even personally like working with them as we've worked on this curriculum I myself have taken a more of a personal interest it's like so amazing what this process does for an individual like to see this journey of a seed and how you can plant seeds that look very similar but one comes turns a turnip and one is this and it's so beautiful and so I think that it's just an opportunity for us to give teachers a partnership with the scientists because we don't know the depth of this you know the discipline like they do it gives us a real world lab so that we can see what we're talking about in the classroom and there's just something that happens when you touch soil and you get out in nature and 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 we're seeing that with our
0: kids and i guess for adults it's kind of hard for us to To think back to our childhood and really remember the times when we were just a little kid and how we didn't really understand where our food came from and that's got to be kind of the fun part for teachers for educators for farmers you know to to teach the kids this is how your food is made or this is how it's it's raised
3: it is fantastic. I think that we were trying to look at when we first started our, our adventure, I guess, together with the science department in the farm to school, we just like came together. and We're like, what are the barriers? Like, like, how do we help our teachers become more knowledgeable about what this can offer? Because they have so much that they're trying to do right, so much that they're trying to teach. And we realized really quick that the farmer educators can help them teach what they have to teach. So instead of looking at it like something else to do, it's like everyone can win here. Um, This actually, uh, when we partner together, helps every aspect of what we're trying to do in our schools. So we started to look at what could that curriculum be. So the farmers spent a lot of time looking at the grade level standards, which I also think is just a really cool thing is, you know, educators, we live in this world, we speak standards, we speak, you know, this language that business or the, the outside world. They're like, they don't get the jargon. Well, the farmers just really were invested in this opportunity. And they like, took home standards books and like really dug in to see what could they latch on to in each grade, and really help the teachers give that applicable experience um, with uh, integ- keep keeping integrity of the standard so they created a curriculum and it's phenomenal
0: and I know over the last 10 years or so there's been so much focus on technology and science and and then you're you're kind of you know putting all that together but then also making it something very easy to understand with hands-on of of growing of of vegetables or fruits it's it's interesting though to to bring it all back to agriculture
3: it's I, I just can't even say enough about my own personal journey. I mean, it's just been eye-opening, and it's it's like little things like this that I think we lose sight of that actually bring joy back to our our world, like to our, our life, and and it's it it causes a pause, and and you stop for a minute and you see something that maybe you were so busy you didn't even notice, you know, like um, I'm I get they treat me every once in a while to little starts right so i got some broccoli plants i've never grown broccoli in my life but farmer carrie brought me some broccoli starts i was outside working in my beds i now have three thanks to the farmers i'm just addicted but i have a little broccoli coming and like it's joy that i would have missed and i think that i don't know i just can't say enough about
0: so are there any stories that really stand out to you after you started this program you know stories about how kids maybe were surprised about how their vegetables were grown or you know just little tidbits things that you remember from working with kids when starting this
3: i'll tell mine and but then i think probably carrie probably has more stories but i remember the first time i i went on location with carrie i pulled up i i drove up and and here she was in her it was at black fox and she was outside in her little garden area kids were all over the place at recess and a couple are kind of looking at her kind of curious what is she doing over there and then she had this nice tablecloth and an outdoor sink and all of her tools and she had um, these gardens of like spinach i think it was spinach maybe radishes mm-hmm. she had cut some broccoli or cauliflower I can't remember Mm -hmm. everything but so one little kid will come over and they're like what are you doing she's like you want to taste it and their eyes get really big and then a few more kids notice some action over there and they come from the playground and then before you know it there are more kids in the garden than on the playground (laughs) this is their play like their recess and they're in the garden and they're just they couldn't like they were mesmerized when she showed them how to follow their hand down on the stem of the spinach and pick it and then she washed it and they just bit it right off right there and they were eating things, like she said, there's no way they would have eaten.
2: <laughs> no, if you gave them a plate of cauliflower, spinach, radish, and all of that all at once, they would have turned their nose up at it, but they were gobbling it as quickly as they could. And I think that that's also a real important key to our program is its exposure to healthy, nutritious foods. And we know that our exposure is normally not that. You know, if we go into a grocery store or down the road we're not looking at fresh radishes and spinach so i think that that is a huge step in the right direction too because kids learn to eat healthy food by exposure so um that's also one of the biggest parts of our program i think but it's it's joy it's that i see every day it's the kids getting out of the classroom and experiencing something new and exciting and they always ask the best questions about it and but it's overall joy and um excitement
0: so i i'm I'm curious tomatoes for example when you're talking to the kids about fresh grown tomatoes and and then you pull into that well you know kids have you ever tried pizza the tomato sauce is made with tomatoes what kind of feedback do you get are they surprised to learn that You know stuff like these garden grown tomatoes are in their pizza sauce
2: i think even a lot of kids didn't realize that tomatoes start as a flower and then they're green and then they turn the color you know over time and exposure to the sun that you know we had yellow tomatoes in our gardens this year they'd never seen that and then right beside the tomatoes we had basil growing so they were able to pick the basil and eat a tomato at once And and that's when I was said, this is nature's pizza. And so that was really exciting for them too. And, And it's a full sensory experience. So if kids are come to the garden crying and upset, it's over within 30 seconds because it requires all of your senses to be focused in, you know, you're seeing colors, you're smelling basil, you're touching leaves, you're, you know, you know swatting bees or whatever and so I think that just even the nature exposure is so positive
0: it really highlights how important that hands-on learning experience really can be
2: yes yes it makes it real and I think for that reason like because it's real they won't forget it it's not an abstract concept of plant parts presented in the classroom it's you're actually touching the root of a plant and tearing it apart and seeing the seeds inside of a pepper for example and so that that was that's they learn and they don't forget that. So this
0: farm to school program here in Murfreesboro is it something that's a, a statewide program that comes from the state that's handed down to like the city schools in Murfreesboro, or, or, or is it just a a local thing?
2: It's a USDA funded program, and that's how we began here. Is we received a grant. Um, It's across the nation, um, but we are really, really fortunate to have the nutrition department use USDA funds to fund our program within the school because a lot of school garden programming um, has to begin with outside uh, funding and come in as like a partnership with the school rather than being an employee of the school.
0: Now, I know they, they referred to you as Farmer Carey, so mm-hmm. do, do you do farming by trade, or is this something you do as a hobby? Where, where do you stand with farming on a, on a regular basis?
2: Well, I grew up on a farm in, in rural Middle Tennessee, um, and so again, these first encounters with nature and farming and growing food were very formative for me. But I did this—the route of going to college, getting degree, and, and teaching for a while. I raised my children, but along the way, uh, my passion was truly um, agriculture, and so I spent a couple of years growing flowers for um, the belt. I live in Bell Buckle, and for the Bell Buckle Farmers Market, and um, but then this job came along, and I thought that sounds perfect so (laughs) so do you see or or do any of you see some kids
0: who are students today do you foresee them becoming farmers or working in agriculture in some way do they seem you know that excited about it or that interested
2: yes and i mean we need to teach them because who's going to going to feed us when we're older but there's so so much innovation coming um now um in agriculture so we get to talk to the kids about that too
0: you know when it when it comes to news stories about employment about jobs it it seems like jobs like uh, nursing they outshadow everything and that's all you hear about is there's a shortage of nurses or there's a shortage of airline pilots or you know you don't hear about the agriculture industry though So I'm curious, is there a big shortage of farmers throughout this area?
2: Well, the thing that's happening in our region right now is that older farmers are retiring and they have, I mean, if you look around Rutherford County, for example, a lot of family farms are being sold and divided into development. And so um, I think that there's a corporation or a group in Middle Tennessee called the Agrarian Trust, which is working with family farms to, um, get land for young farmers. And so that's something that, uh, this generation will have that my generation did not have is affordable access to land if they want to farm. So I think the future in Mm -hmm. middle Tennessee is small family farms and kind of think of the push of like, even on the square of the, the, um, farmers market, how popular that's become that's, Fully, you know, um, staffed by uh, family, small family farms, running, you know, these operations. So, and 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 urban farming is a huge innovation of, of this generation. That and just learning how to farm within um, their environments. So, I think that that there's a lot of push away from. Uh, row cropping that we grew up seeing and now regenerative agriculture
0: and when it comes to different trades out there are you having different guest speakers come in or different guests come in to talk to the kids in addition to just the teachers and those who are currently involved
2: i'll let tori answer that yeah i think um
1: within our district we always try and We'll bring local farmers, and that's part of our STEAM focus as a district is, you know, we want to expose the children to all sorts of trades. So whether you really, really like math and you're going to be the next Cindy Clish, or <laughs> you are wanting to go into engineering, or you want to even go into music, I think we are exposing all of the students within Murphy's Prayer City Schools to to the trades, and just not put a limit on them. You know, MTSU is a great resource for business, music, and farming. And so there's three huge ones, uh, and nursing, concrete, management. So I think we have that strong partnership with MTSU, and we we really expose the kids to all that's out there and just let them know that they can explore whatever path that they might choose.
0: On the economic side of things, are the kids who are learning about farming, are they able to see, like, for example, when they go out there to the garden bed and they're they're picking tomatoes or, you know, digging up potatoes, are they able to see the work that's involved in, in farming so that they, I guess, better understand why the prices are set at grocery stores?
2: I think that that's something that the kids do actually see because they pass through our gardens all through the year and see them changing and see us always out there doing the work. And um, I think too, like when kids plant an an onion, for example, and it takes six to seven months to grow, then that gives them um, a reverence for how long it takes food to grow. And then we also talk a lot about how food is shipped. And um, to grocery stores, and how long it sits, you know, in a truck before it reaches the shelf, versus picking a tomato right from the plant, and and what that is like. I
1: yeah. would say that's a good reminder for our students too, that just in today's the instant gratification, mm-hmm. and we have access to everything so quickly and so fast, and we want 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 immediate, but take them outside show them the start to finish and that an onion takes months then they learn that you don't get everything immediate and we can take a step back and enjoy the nature and really get to understand where that food's coming from
0: again our guest today from the Murfreesboro city school system and the city schools are wrapping up the farm to school month and uh, when you say wrapping up the farm to school Mm -hmm. month is it every October? is is. Okay, so... So
1: every October is Farm to School Month nationally. Something that we participate in is called the Crunch Day. And so every student, every staff member um, got a locally grown apple on Thursday and we all crunched into it at noon or I know some teachers, if they had lunch, then they might have done it at one. But um, part of that is... Those apples are from Pikeville. And so they can learn, hey, here's these thousands of apples grown right here in Tennessee. And some students probably haven't tasted a wine sap apple. I know. I don't think I had. And so it's just one that one extra step to get them to really just make them aware of all of the produce that, that they have available to them
0: do any of the kids ever say things like you know i i had no idea that these vegetables these apples these oranges whatever they are Mm -hmm. came from somewhere other than a grocery store (laughs) absolutely so they often don't understand the background of of these fruits or vegetables
2: no they, they they'll say things like i didn't know you could grow this here or I didn't know it looked like that, you know. And again, it's formative things so they won't forget those experiences.
0: Now, do you also dive into like let's say the farm animals? Where does your beef come from? Your you know, bacon, where does that come from? Do you, do you go into detail about those things as well?
2: When I meet with a class, I always ask, you know, why am I what why am I a farmer? What type of farmer am I? And then we discuss different roles of agriculture different types of farmers and of course
0: the the field is huge i I mean milk for example of course mtsu they're well known for their chocolate milk that Mm -hmm, they make mm -hmm. Um, and i'm curious do do kids understand that aspect of farming when it comes to stuff (laughs) like milk that it doesn't just come out of a machine and, and and it's not
2: just at the grocery store they do they do and they they hate to hear about animals being slaughtered but it's part of it
0: you know and what age groups are are we talking about that are focusing on learning about farming k through six so in anywhere from a kindergartner to all the way up to sixth grade
2: mm-hmm. um what age what age group are the most fun to work with um my favorite i love them all actually but my favorite is probably third to fourth third to fifth um right before they realize that it's you know they don't have to be cool all the time and they still can but there's their bodies are big enough to physically uh lift a wheelbarrow or use a shovel um that i think that that's the funnest age group in in the garden so are they doing some of the work like actually digging holes for, oh, yeah. for planting and everything yes okay
3: didn't you plant carrots with a grade Mm-hmm.
2: yeah i planted carrots with first grade um but and then i planted garlic with second grade onions with second grade and the fifth grade um at black fox planted an entire uh, garden bed that has brussels sprouts um lettuce, carrots, radishes, and, and cilantro. I think I'm leaving something out, but.
0: Oh, yeah. A wide variety though, yeah. especially when you look at all the different schools and mm-hmm. and all the different gardens. So mm-hmm. do you know about how many gardens you have? Is there two at
2: each school, three at each school? What, what do you have? Well, one garden space, but they vary in size. So each um, garden space can have you know, two garden beds up to eight to 10 garden beds, depending on how long the gardens uh, have been there at the schools, and um, some started there at schools earlier uh, than, than the more recent ones.
0: And again, we're talking with the Murfreesboro City Schools this morning as they wrap up Farm to School Month. And our guest today, Tori Carr, Carrie Chestnut, and Leah Barch, and we'll talk more about farming and uh, school in just a second. We're going to take a short break, though. Time right now, 844. You're listening to wg and again on this Monday morning. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try on any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have Keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run-through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in. Music World and Drummer's Den, then try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple, you just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody, go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Since 1874, First National Bank of Middle Tennessee has been an independently owned community bank. Hi, I'm Brian Wilcox, Executive Vice President, and we are proud to be a part of the Rutherford County community. We offer premier community banking at two locations in Murfreesboro, 1708 Gateway Boulevard and 3427 Memorial Boulevard. We'd love to share with you the benefits of community banking at First National Bank of Middle Tennessee, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Hi,
3: this is Taylor Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. And I wanna tell you about one of my most exciting events here at Bell Jewelers. On November 3rd, we're having our annual Estate and Antique Show that has old European cut platinum engagement rings to sterling silver charm bracelets. On November 3rd, we're having our antique and estate sale. Bell Jewelers is at 821 Northwest Broad Street across from Toots.
0: The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at
1: WGNSRadio.com
0: right now that time eight you're listening to wgns and this morning we're talking with the murphys city schools and uh, they are wrapping up the farm to school month and i, I know during that break while we were off the air you're talking about all the different things that the schools and the school children are learning about and one of the items deals with of course our growth how dense of an area murphys is becoming but yet at the same time, how some who live in different neighborhoods, subdivisions, they're still able to garden, which I'm sure some of these kids are going home and they're talking their parents into starting a garden. <laughs> um, how, how does that usually pan out? I mean, do you hear from a lot of kids who do say, well, we're gonna plant a garden at home this year?
2: Yes, and, and a lot of kids want to take home uh, vegetables. So at the end of the last school year, I started extra things and sent home lots of tomato plants pepper plants and then as they returned they told me we grew tomatoes we grew flowers so yes and a lot of it is on patios of apartments Uh, uh, a lot of my students We're using small spaces to grow these.
0: So no matter how dense our city becomes, if we turn into a New York, for example, (laughs) there's always room for gardening of some sort. And and the kids are learning that.
2: Yes, and that's through innovation and creativity and, and this whole STEAM concept of science, technology, engineering, agriculture, and math. All of those are touched when you're building a garden, when you're growing food, when you're planning to grow food
0: now one of the things y'all mentioned uh, roof gardening which i I never really thought about but people do have gardens on their roof um so how does that play into farming you know within the school system
3: some of our grade levels do steam projects and we're kind of limited to you know like who we can find as partners or what kind of research that we can do on our own so you know a a professional looking in might say we're getting it all wrong but the point is that we're (laughs) exposing kids to these ideas and these concepts so uh one of the grade levels looked at how would you take a rooftop and create a garden space and they looked at other places that had done that or like how people used collected rainwater or different types of watering or how you have to like have a drainage on top you know what what does that filtration and drainage system look like on top because there are, you know, things you have to consider about adding extra weight to a roof, and so then the kids did all of that research, and then they planned out um, a garden space, and they they used their math. They had to do the square footage. They had to plan, you know, how they were going to filter the water or how they were going to get water up there. But also another thing that some of them have talked about is vertical farming. Like in some of these places, they've taken warehouses that were just sitting there, and they've transformed them into vertical farms, and so they have like these basically a tower garden, you know, it's hydroponics, but it's like, uh, with like pulley systems and like different mechanisms where they're like, up raising up and down in these little different shelves of food and that, how it's watered and there's even a, a, a robot garden, I forgot what it's called, but it like it uses a coordinate grid to plant water and weed. It's just amazing.
0: You're talking about a whole new level of farming here. (laughs) Yes. So it's wild, though, that the kids can grasp this and understand and and I guess see it in action through video, through pictures, and and more. Are there ever any field trips that go to different farms here in town?
1: So um, we have not done it in the last couple of years, but previously all of our third graders went to the MTSU Dairy Farm and that for my own personal experience was fantastic. I grew up here, went to MTSU, had absolutely no idea that, you know, 10 minutes down the road, there's this huge, beautiful farm. And um, like we said, just, we can use our resources and our community partners and really let those students experience everything that's out there. And Leo was talking about those rooftop gardens our students might not be able to grasp everything that that might entail right now but they're researching it and they are creating their own rooftop so rooftop garden so if they end up living downtown in new york city they might say hey in third grade and fourth grade i designed this i wonder if we can still do that today
0: and i know there are i guess grant dollars funding available for different schools for different types of STEAM projects, projects that relate to science, technology, and, and this money that is available, do you foresee that money being around in the years to come and new projects coming up, or have schools already applied for more funding in order to, to take on new projects involving agriculture?
1: Something that I think Murfreesboro City Schools is really fortunate to have is our City Schools Foundation. And so, our city schools foundation is a huge community partner for our schools and those teachers can write grants to the foundation and um, a committee votes on them and soon we'll be distributing um, lots of dollars in the next couple of weeks but the there are grants available and you know within our city nationally locally statewide um, there are grants available and our teachers are they have huge ideas and all you have to do is ask sometimes um and sometimes the funding's there they might just not they might not know about it or it might already be set in place at another school and we just have to um, combine that and use our resources
0: again with us this morning carrie chestnut leah barch and also tori carr and we're talking about the murphy's city schools as they wrap up the farm to school month uh, greenhouses that's another area I, I, I there was a greenhouse i think behind one of the schools at least i remember seeing it when i drove by but is is that another area of study the schools are learning about or the school children are learning about
2: um yes we have one uh, passively heated and cooled large greenhouse on one of our school campuses at hobgood And that is really useful to our program for all of the farmers when it gets too cold, when we're starting our summer crops, uh, because we have to start those in January and February. So we're Mm -hmm. growing tomatoes that early. And so we put them in there, they grow, kids get to see that process happening, a greenhouse full of plants. And then the other schools have what's called a granny greenhouse. It's a small, a polycarbonate greenhouse, but, um, those unfortunately were built without the correct cooling uh, processes but we do get to use them a couple weeks during the spring and fall um, but the kids get to s- walk in and experience the greenhouse effect of what so that's still a way that they could they can and have been used of experiencing um, how heat is captured um, and so yeah with it I think that that is something that we hope to continue to grow to better use the greenhouses.
0: Are kids also learning how to cook with the different vegetables that y'all are growing?
2: Yes, they have a program. Uh, it's uh, with Chef Jack. Um, it's an ESP, extended school program. program but we brought Chef Jack all, all of our veggies, especially when they were really coming in um, at the beginning of school and so he cooked with the kids using our produce which was really cool
0: aren't the kids surprised about how good locally yes, grown vegetables yes. are and they eat
2: everything that they make yeah they probably cool. don't tell their parents that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean even using dill and herbs and all of and just everything from start to finish
0: so how many different herbs are, are being grown at the different schools
2: um, all of the farmers try to grow for pollinators, so that's another lesson that we teach uh, also, um, but to, to attract pollinating, pollinating insects, so herbs are wonderful for that. So we all grow a variety of things like Holy Tulsi basil, which a lot of people have never tried or smelled, but it smells like bubble gum and it's wonderful. And the bees love it. Or uh, all varieties of basils, rosemary, um, thyme, oregano. So just about anything you can name, we've probably tried to grow. And the things that you are growing,
0: are you specifically focusing on things that are known to grow in Tennessee? Or do yes. you ever experiment with the kids with like, for example, you know, hey guys, we're going to try to grow pineapple here, which normally doesn't work, but That's we're going to try That's actually a really it.
2: great idea. Um, this year I tried a, what's called heritage gardening um, because something that I see with the adults that come into the garden, the teachers and aides and any employees of the, of the schools, they always want to tell me about their grandmother's garden, which I also have a deep soft spot for, and I realize how much... Uh, C- like connection and nostalgia that brings. So that's why I, I, I grew a lot of different uh, okra varieties this year. Um, just because people love seeing the okra grow and love the experience of coming in and just picking some okra Um, and we're growing collard greens and um, sweet potatoes were another one of those heritage crops so things that people remember their grandparents growing and then we'll tell you a story about make a connection the kids are doing the same thing
0: now I I know you also mentioned uh, flowers you said something about flowers Mm -hmm. Are, are they learning also how to grow flowers and yes okay. yeah
2: it's an important companion planting um with flowers and vegetables it, because in a small space you need to be able to bring in your pollinating insects in order for your um garden to be bountiful
0: so, so as we wrap up this morning's show talking about again murphysboro city schools and agriculture and kids learning about agriculture what what's on the drawing board i guess next
2: um, we're trying to uh, grow our garden spaces, make them larger, is into outside classrooms um, for for children to have seating and shade. And because we're already teaching from inside of the garden, but it's hard sometimes for the students to differentiate between recess playtime and garden lesson time Not bad. and so we just need a little bit a uh, more distinctive space to for them to learn in so that's our next move so you're talking about i i guess having
0: a the playground on one side of the school the gardens on the other mm-hmm. um and again these are all raised bed gardens yeah. so about how tall are each of these gardens
2: um 12 to 18 inches so not super tall Um, they uh, most of them have soil contact So what that means is when we built them we made it to where You know the soil below the the bed will the the earthworms will come up and kind of tilt naturally till that up So we're really working with the soil underneath the bed as well Um, but about 12 to 18 inches and then three three foot by Four foot um, is generally the size, but then we've got some that are 12 feet to 18 feet long, depending on how the the farmer has built her beds.
0: And these kids are able to see the process from start to finish. And uh, like we said earlier, some of them are even taking the ideas home and Mm -hmm. starting their own garden at home.
2: Right. We have grow lights set up in the schools, some of the schools where they're visible, um, the, you know, planting the seeds, they see them sprout and then they see them get ready to be put out into the garden. So, literally from A to Z.
0: Now, if anybody wants to learn more about this, is there information available on the City Schools Facebook page, social mm-hmm. media pages?
1: So, we try and highlight them on Facebook as well as Twitter. And there is some information on cityschools.net. And they can always shoot us a message. Um, on Facebook, in our um, from our website, or give us a call. Sounds good. And again, our guests this morning
0: talking about Murphy'sboro City Schools and wrapping up the Farm to School Month. Carrie Chestnut, Leah Barch, and also Tori Carr. Again, all with the City Schools, and talking about the Farm to School Month. Well, thank you all for joining us this thank morning. You. Thank you. Time right now, 9 o'clock. Local news comes your way next, right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947.
3: If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.